Welcome to Just Quietly, a podcast where Senator Amanda Stoker has a laugh with friends and colleagues, cuts through the bull, and explores the issues of the day. Let's get to the bottom of it all. All right, I'm here with my wonderful friend and Western Australian Senator Matthew O'Sullivan. He's in the Liberal Party and he comes to the Senate with the kind of really cool real-world experience that you expect from the Liberal Party. Tell us a bit about that, Matt. Well, thanks, Amanda. It's great to be with you. Uh, I'm, uh, I have some experience in Indigenous employment. Yeah, come on, uh, that's an understatement. Yeah, well, I used to run a, a program called Generation One, which is part of the Mindaroo Foundation. We set out uh, back in 2008 to uh, create employment opportunities for Aboriginal people. We saw that the uh, the disparity that exists between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians isn't dealt with by just more welfare, more programs, more wraparound support. It's that ultimately, if you're really going to help someone to uh, break free from the poverty cycle, it's to enable them to have in economic independence, and that's a job. And and helping people to get a job. So we we set up that program uh, over ten years ago, and well, in two thousand and eight, uh, and. Uh, we, we created VTEX, uh, stands for Vocational Training and Employment Centres, uh, with the support of the Abbott government at the time. Uh, it took us a bit of time to convince the government to get on board, so by the time Abbott came in, uh, we saw a, a commitment there, and uh, that program has uh, put tens of thousands of people into work. And these are job seekers that essentially Centrelink have written off as having intractable barriers to employment. Uh, people that more often than not, have, have given up and through the support and uh, through the, the work we did in creating the jobs and getting employers engaged, uh, we were able to show them that uh, their efforts in training and getting themselves ready for work would be worth it because there'd be a job from at the end of it and it's changed so many, so many lives. This is really huge stuff because 52.2% of Indigenous Australians between the ages of 15 and 64 years of age, so like roughly broadly speaking, working age, don't have a job. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that most people look at when they say, well, you don't want to talk about Indigenous advan- disadvantage. That's what it's all about. How do you go about shifting things so significantly for a person in circumstances where they've been failed by all of the well-meaning government programs that have come before? Well, one of the challenges that uh, any long-term unemployed person Faces and, and particularly those that come from generational unemployment where mum and dad haven't had a job and uncles and aunties and you know, it goes back generations, uh, is that they often have accepted an existence that is on welfare. And so you do have to help them to break that welfare cycle and, and that dependence. But I've never met a single person, even those that are completely dejected, that uh, actually don't want to get a job. And I think... The reality is there are people that, you know, might be the, uh, classified as dull bludgers or, you know, those sort of um, terms. But I've actually, in my experience, I've never met someone that, that doesn't. There's plenty that that maybe have given up uh, because they feel like it's too hard. Uh, they feel like the steps that they have to take would be too difficult. 
but it, and often it is because the system or the, the the environment in which they're in hasn't really encouraged them in that way. But if you actually way way our program works, we we got we actually got an employer to say we will guarantee you a job. Like here, here's a job that will be guaranteed to you if you turn up every day, complete the training because we need you to be productive when you're at the workplace. We need you to operate safely. We need you to know that you're going to be working in a team. You need to be able to know those team dynamics. We need you to be able to perform uh, with the skills that are requisite for those jobs. And that if you uh, if you turn up every day and you complete this training course with the competence that's required, then we'll guarantee you with a job. And so I've seen some of the most dejected people, people that have really seriously given up, hear that from an employer and see, okay, I'm actually going to apply myself here, then you put the support around them, you help them, you encourage them, you mentor them. Uh, I've seen some of the, the most dejected people actually take on that and they lift. It's amazing. They really seriously lift in their aspirations. And they go, for the first time they're actually hearing, wow, this person actually believes in me and, and I know that this is going to cost me. I know that it's going to be really hard and I know that I'm going to have to take up responsibility because I'm, but I'm prepared to do it because I want to break free. And if you've got clear expectations that's right. set out for you and um, training that's going to help you get mm. there, then someone in that circumstance you'd think would go, this might actually be my one really, really good shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I've seen it in families where I, I, I actually shared a story in my first speech where uh, I saw sort of for the first time the power of this was, was up in Fitzroy Crossing. Fitzroy Crossing's in the Kimberley in Western Australia. Uh, it's a fairly remote town. Uh, but a reasonably sized town for that area. Uh, but there'd been training course after training course run in these communities. I mean, they call it training for training's sake. Yeah, right? lots of bits of paper, but they're not yeah, bits of paper that get you a job. That's right. And, uh, you know, particularly Aboriginal people on welfare, uh, they, they say they have more tickets than raffle book. There isn't a <laughs> raffle book. <laughs> uh, more, more, more certificates than you could line the, the hallways of TAFE colleges with, you know. Uh, so uh, I've seen... Yeah, so this community and, and, and job seekers in that area had, had been on training course after training course and often were trained in areas that actually uh, weren't required by the labour market. Yeah. You know, they were doing a, a barista course, yet the nearest cafe is actually 400 kilometres away or hairdressing, you know, like, like courses that weren't actually relevant to the, the needs of the labour market that was there. Uh, and so uh, we ran this training program, trained... Uh, about 11 people, and at the end of it, we gave all of the uh, the graduates who were about to go on and start this new job a, a fishing rod. And the fishing rod was to demonstrate that, uh, you know, what you've now learned is, is skills that's going to carry you forward. And, and the analogy is that uh, you, you give someone a fish, you feed them for a day. But teach a man to fish. You'll feed them for a lifetime. Yeah. And so this is what we've equipped these people with. And so anyway, there was this family that was there and this, this, this gentleman uh, uh, had just graduated and he was holding this fishing rod and he just had this look on his face of, of, of immense pride but was nothing like the, the look on the face of his children yeah. who uh, were, were just glowing with, with this immense pride in, in their dad. And I, it, they really stood out to me. I went and spoke to them and I you know, asked them, you know, or said to them, you must be you know, terribly excited about what's happening here and the prospect of the, or the, you know, the fact that they were going on to this pretty amazing job. And the, um, uh, 
Uh, we've got bells ringing. It distracted <laughs> Don't Amanda worry, and they're I. not our bells. It's okay. <laughs> it's, the, it's the green ones. The, uh, and and they, 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 his wife said to me, well, you know, the reality is this is much more than just achieving this certificate and, and getting this job because uh, the gentleman, his name uh, was Harold, he said to me, Bernard, sorry, that he, uh, he's been on training course after training course with nothing at the end of it. Nothing at the end of it. Nothing to show for it. No job. And it was completely demoralising. He had alcohol issues, drug problems. And that they said to me that it was only a few months ago that it was Christmas time and they were sitting down before Christmas with you know, no gifts to be able to give their kids the next day. And they realised that uh, they were discussing their life and the prospect of their life with each other, the two, the couple, and said, and the wife said to to him that uh, Bernard, if you can't sort out your life, I think this will be our last Christmas together. And it wasn't that they were going to separate; it was a, literally a life or death situation wow. because the, the the depression and everything that surrounded their life was uh, was so savage that uh, that you know, sadly, and I think this is what what's going on in in communities. There's a there's a lack of hope, and uh, if you can just I saw the power of just giving someone something to aim for, yeah. like getting a job. And these are good jobs. They're working in a mining company. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be earning good earning good potential money. once yep. he's established. Yep. Like it literally transformed. And these kids were dressed in their uniform to go to school. You know, they were they were they were so excited. You could just tell that the transformation wasn't just for him. The whole family. The whole family. That's really cool, isn't it? And. There's an expression that you sometimes hear used, and that is the subtle racism of lower mm. expectations. Yeah. The cruelest thing we can really do for Indigenous people and disadvantaged people everywhere is to expect less of them. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you know, good teachers say all the time is that you can ask just about anything of kids and they rise to the challenge. You know, aim high and they will rise to it. I think that's true of all people. And... If we set lower expectations mm. for Indigenous people, expect less for their lives, accept um, lower attendance rates for school, accept lower standards yep. of health, accept STDs in kids, yep. accept all kinds of things we would never accept in the city, um, wh- whatever we call it, whether we call it cultural differences or yep. whatever, um, that is the cruelest kind of racism we can um, inflict. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and you like I'm saying, I th- and I think... You know, the reality is if, you know, if you're an th- 11-, 12-year-old kid looking at the prospect of your life and all you've ever been told is that you're going to die 17 years younger than, than other Australians, you're going to you – know, only 38% of you are actually going to make it through to year 12 in high school – you know, you'll get married too early. You'll have way too many kids. Yeah, you're, you're um, a woman. You're eight times more likely to to, to end up in about. hospital. Yeah, uh, like like, and these are these are realities. They're realities. They're, they're not you know. They're no horrible. One's, no realities. one's making this stuff up. But if that's if that's your reality, if if that's the, what's on your mind, and so what we have to do is actually set high expectations of all Australians, including uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and uh, I've seen how they absolutely rise to it. They're as smart, they're as capable as anyone else. Yep. And they're fun and yep. they're creative and they've got so much going on. Yep. Uh, we just got to bring it out. Yep. And Indeed. give them chances to bring it out of themselves, which is 
That's right. Particularly cool. Hey, we've got um, the closing the gap statement yeah. on in Parliament um, tomorrow, mm. and that's always something that everyone takes an interest in. Mm. What do you think about um, the importance of the measures we have for closing the gap as opposed to the things that the media always want to talk about, which is things like um, a constitutional recognition of Indigenous people or um, a voice to parliament mechanism or a Makarata commission? What do you see as the priorities for meaningfully changing people's lives? Uh, look, I think... When, when I'm out in the in communities, and I'm not just talking remote places, I'm talking you know, in Perth, uh, yep. um, in the suburbs, uh, uh, what people are generally talking to me about, I'm talking Indigenous people, is uh, is education, how we can uh, improve uh, attainment levels of, of young children, um, early childhood development, uh, ensuring that kids are given the very best start at life, uh, from you know, very very early ages, which of course includes like supporting um, our parents. You know, it's not about abdic- parents abdicating yeah. their responsibility. Even through pregnancy, like, exactly. All of that requires help um, too. Uh, incarceration rates are, are, are a big issue, but I think that a lot of that actually comes back to jobs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sort that out. But education, out like like uh, you know, like parents that that work, uh, more often than not, send their kids to school. Uh, Kids that are in school and not uh, running around the streets uh, looking for to to fill their time, yeah. uh, which you know idle With hands. Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and and so look, uh, I understand that there are many issues that are important to people, but when I speak to people about like particularly the particularly the grandmothers, interestingly, and the grandfathers, grandparents really. Yeah. They they talk to me about you know creating a great future for their kids and it's all about it's all about their employment it's all about their education. There's real leadership in that yeah. grandparent age group. Yeah, yeah, and you know we can get caught up in in lots of different you know, cultural you know, war type issues and um, I, I've just chosen not to get into that because um, that's not really what I think is going to make a difference for people's lives and. Uh, yeah, let's let's work on fixing the employment services system. Uh, let's work on you know, making the welfare system actually more empowering, so we're not just trapping people; we're actually helping them break free from it. Yeah. Um, you know, let's 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 talk about uh, how we can you know, improve and help education to you know, so that kids can uh, go through school and dream for whatever it is they want to do. Yeah. You know, make it accessible, and you know, they're the things that I'm really interested in talking about. Um, as far as remote communities go, uh, you've got them across Queensland <laughs> as much as WA. Yep. Uh, you know, when it comes to local, like, you talk to the people on the ground in a in a local community about what they need. They want to talk to you about municipal services. Yep. You know, how, how can we actually get our roads paved properly yep. so they don't just get washed away in the wet season? Yep. Yeah. Care <laughs> about we, road and housing yep. and making sure that's affordable and yep. jobs. It's Telecommunications. Always about jobs. Jobs, you know, um, commerce. You know, they're the things that ultimately people talk to me about. Yeah, And I find none of them in any kind of sensible way try and say um, the reason we don't have these things is because we don't have a few words in the Constitution. Mm. That's never the argument. They're Quite frankly, they're too smart for that. Yeah. <laughs> and they can see that um, those kind of grand gestures, um, look, they might be nice, they might be a feel-good moment, but 
the real challenges are so much more complex than that. And to try and whitewash it with a couple of words in a constitution yeah. is um, well, pretty like, light on. Certainly, no one symbolism. Um, not at the expense of things yeah. that matter. Nothing. I, 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 I get symbolism. Uh, I get the significance of, and we have a guy in our chamber that carries a black rod, you know, to go and lock the doors. Like, like this is a symbol, right? I get it. I get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I used to wear a silly wig when I was a barrister, and yeah, all, yeah. all kinds of dumb so symbols, right? Yeah, you know, I'm not discounting. I'm not discounting the importance of some of that, but I, I, ultimately, when I talk to the people that are concerned about their grandchildren, it's about their jobs, the future that they have for them. And their, their families. And safety from violence. Exactly. And healthy relationships yep. and, and health generally. Yep. Safety for their kids. Um, thank you so much for making time to chat yeah, about great. this sort of stuff. I'm really grateful that we have your expertise in the Senate and in the Parliament. It's um, phenomenal to have you here. And on a personal level, Thanks so I'm much. glad that I call you a friend. <laughs> well, indeed, and we're surrounded by amazing people, aren't we? And yeah, you know, the cool. Coalition's just such a, a great team and we're, we're getting on and really making a difference for people. Yeah, look, we're pretty blessed to have the opportunity to do that for others. So yeah. thank you. Cheers. I'll let you get back to your busy, busy day and um, I really appreciate you sharing with us. Good call. Thanks. <laughs>